What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And we're back today with another episode. We're going to just jump right into it. The big news of the week, Fernando Tatis Jr. suspended for 80 games uh, for, uh, you know, going against the performing enhancing drug substance policy. Uh, Obviously, this is huge news. Tatis was on a rehab assignment. He was pretty close to coming back after injuring himself in multiple motorcycle accidents over the the offseason, which is a whole nother story. But obviously, this is a total disaster. Tatis will be out for the entirety now of the 2022 season. So a player who a lot of people were considering to be coming into his own as the face of baseball, potentially. Pop for steroids, not going to play this year. I mean, this is, you got to start wondering with Tatis if there's just a a lack of immaturity there, because obviously, you know, you hear the comments from the clubhouse from AJ Preller, they're, they're kind of fed up with him right now. And they gave him all this money. Obviously he's a talent on the field, but now he goes out there, has multiple motorcycle accidents in the off season to already miss most of the season. And now is pop for steroids. I mean, they've just made all these trades. What are your thoughts on the whole situation? Obviously, huge blow for San Diego. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's pretty pretty bad. It's just pretty disappointing, really. I mean, as a guy who, like you said, is supposed to be the face of baseball, one of the guys who's supposed to, you know, spearhead this almost revolution, I guess, of young players in the sport. And it's just a picture sort of being painted of Fernando Tatis now, somebody who can't really stay healthy or somebody who doesn't, really make the best decision. Somebody who's not a very responsible guy, you know, these motorcycle accidents, a lot of people talked him up to being young and stupid and all this, but now, I mean, this is a guy who you just heard what AJ Preller said, who maybe he's not capable of making the best decisions yet. And I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I'm really fascinated to see the circumstances under which he really took them because obviously Griff and I were discussing before the podcast that he really was obviously not using an anabolic steroid to treat uh, a topical ringworm thing. So that wasn't happening. Yeah, he um, he botched that. Excuse, I'm trying to find. I can't really find it, but I know that there's some. There's an article. Yeah, no, I I know it. I know what you're talking about. I think I can find it. Let me just. Yeah, you keep talking. I should be. Able yeah, to but I mean, it. it's just disappointing that one of the faces of the sport cheated, and it, it really sucks. I mean, I I'm very interested to know whether he was using this in his recovery to get back quicker, or whether this is something he's been doing, and. and uh, if I had to guess, I'd guess the former, but that even then it's just, what are you doing, Fernando Tatis? I mean, all of this stems, I think, from just like a lack of decision-making and maturity. And like you said, this guy's on a, this guy is, you know, 340 million guaranteed dollars on his way. Uh, and, you know, I, I, like, I, obviously I'm sure they're tight, but, you know, Juan Soto's a free agent in 2024. We want to see if this is a guy who he wants to tie his future down with and Fernando Obviously, there's no question about Tatis on the baseball field. This guy is is one of one, but it's just we, we don't know, you know, if he's a reliable guy off the field, if, if that's sort of something Juan Soto wants to tie his future down to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Soto, I mean, he'll be there for the next, you know, the remainder of this year and then two more years. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, think he'll in I don't future. think he'll be. Obviously, there, there'll be discussions, but I still even now, I think that it even the Padres fans would probably say like, yeah, we're probably not going to resign him just money wise. I just don't think they have yeah. the ability to afford Tatis Machado 
Musgrove and Juan Soto, as much as they've kind of become a high payroll team, uh, they're not going to be able to give Juan Soto like $50 million a year. Um, Mm -hmm. So I did, I I found what I was looking for. So there is a medicine that treats ringworm that contains clobetasol, which is a non-anabolic steroid. Tatis got busted for clostebol, an anabolic steroid. So I think that they, whoever on his team came up with this, I mean, those are pretty close together. It it seems like they might have messed that up. I've seen some other reports saying that, like, what Tatis got popped for, you wouldn't really use to treat ringworm. So it seems like he was definitely probably using steroids, whether to help his recovery or how long he's been using that. That's obviously unknown at this point. But regardless, it's just a foolish move on his end. This guy's already cost himself. The entire season at this to this point, your team goes out and trades for four stars at the deadline at this point. Um, and they're counting on him to come back. If he comes back, that offense, obviously, they're still a very good team and they've they've achieved all they've achieved without him. And you add all those pieces, they're they're better than they were. But they were counting on having Fernando Tatis, one of the best shortstops, if not the best before all this happened. And now he's out for this year. He's going to miss a little bit of next year. It's just a shame. It, re- it really is. And like you said, they've been trying to anoint this guy as the face of baseball. I mean, literally, that the night he was suspended, I was watching ESPN, and you see this guy in, in Gatorade commercials, and you would think that those are probably going to get um, <laughs> you know, taken off, and I'm sure Gatorade's not too happy. But this guy who, the, I mean, he was on the MLB The Show cover. Like, this guy has been put out there by the MLB. They're trying right. to. And, like, there's, like, for – casuals of the sport like they, they people only know a few names probably like you know mike trout you know aaron judge i would say jacob de just because i feel like what he does is out there but maybe not so you know like trout judge otani and tatis is like right there as like a one of the yeah. players a casual fan would know like a casual sports fan even i think would know and no, now no. It's, it's a total disaster for the mlb but also for Tatis, obviously this puts a taint on things. You kind of now look at, you know, a guy who looked like he was on track to be a hall of famer. That's going to shake up that discussion when that time comes, but oh, yeah. huge disaster, an entire missed year now for Fernando Tatis of things out of, you know, things that were all caused by him. I mean, it's not like he had a freak yeah. injury and, and missed a year. Yep. I mean, it, it, and this guy's always been a guy who's been injured and missing games and it's, a total disaster. I mean, it's yeah for the sport, for the Padres, everything for sure. And I mean, let's let's talk more about the Padres now. Obviously, this team is still very good. You still have Manny Machado, you still have Juan Soto. They got guys like Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, among other names. But Tatis was expected to be a key catalyst. And when you look at that team, I'll be honest. Like without Tatis, I think they're good. I just don't think they're. And I don't even know with Tatis if they were going to be able to you know, go out and, and really compete in the playoffs and win a world series. But without Tatis, I mean, it's just, a, it definitely shakes up things for sure. And I think that, I mean, you, you don't want to be wasting these years. You just traded away essentially your whole farm system at the trade deadline. And now you got this, it, it, you don't want to have a wasted year. What are your thoughts on the, the state of the Padres at the moment? Yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of think that this takes away their ability to sort of compete with the the Mets and the Dodgers level of teams. I mean, I still think they're good enough, you know, to beat up, uh, to beat everybody else, you know, the Phillies, the Braves, you know, the, whoever wins the NL central. But I, I just think this sort of took away their ability. 
obviously they have a very good lineup. We still, you know, obviously we're talking about a lot of question marks about their pitching staff, which still remain. But to me, it's just it's taken away their ability to sort of compete with the Mets and the Dodgers when it comes time to like that's that, that's sort of what it comes down to for me. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how this team does for sure. Um, I mean, they have had the Mets number all year, but like you said, I mean, the Mets haven't really had the chance to line up DeGrom, Scherzer, and the rest of the rotation against a team. And and that's, as we've seen uh, these last few weeks or so, a different ball game. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Padres. Obviously, this was going to be also like you look at it and say, oh, well, they're going to be good for the future. At the same time, though, they the San Diego Padres have a lot of free agents after this year. Like this was kind of going to be their one of their best shots to go for it. Obviously, Josh Bell, Brandon Drury are going to have free agency. It's unlikely they'll probably bring both those guys back. I'm pretty sure Sean Manaya, Mike Clevinger, Blake Snell might even be a free agent. I mean, there's a, a lot of guys, I think, in that rotation. Maybe not Blake Snell, but I, I think Manaya and Clevinger at least are free agents. So they definitely have some free agents too around the board. So this was kind of going to be one of their years where they've got a lot of good players. They got a good roster. They, they were going to go for it and, and, you know, have a good shot. And then all of a sudden Tatis isn't there. If it's, if it doesn't work out this year, you lose a lot of guys and it's just be the same team potentially. And you've traded your whole farm system away now too. They, this team, they still have a, I mean, I can't imagine their farm systems that great anymore though. I feel like they've traded everyone. No, away, they, so. they, traded, they traded for their top five prospects. Yeah. So, I mean, for the longest time, this team has had one of the best farm systems, but now it's, you kind of got to look at it and go, well, they, it's pretty depleted. You know, they don't really got much, much there anymore. So they could be, I mean, this could be AJ Preller obviously is incredible at his job. And this is something totally out of his control, but you just got to feel for the Padres fans and, and AJ Preller, even who's assembled this team as some of a really good team. And all of a sudden, the best player on the team is just not going to be there. I don't think like I was watching something in terms of like leadership and like who runs this team. Like it's Manny Machado's team now. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think Juan Absolutely. Soto would even be second in command. Like Tatis is going to have to earn his place in that locker room again, because I mean, you hear all the guys you hear Mike Clevenger, like he's just let them down so many times now this year. It's just a total disaster. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's like, it's crazy because I, I, I was kind of expecting, you know, even though it's AJ Pro, so I guess it could should, shouldn't have been, but, you know, you're typically expecting the usual vanilla team official statement that comes out, oh, we're disappointed for Nana, blah, blah, blah. But I, I just thought it was very interesting. Like, AJ Preller was direct. He was honest. He spoke what he was feeling. Like, it was almost refreshing to see. And everything he said was correct. I mean, yeah. imagine how frustrated you are if you're Padres ownership, if you're the Padres front office. You've invested everything into this team. You've spent years building this up, and this guy, being an idiot twice. And if if it's true, which I, I think what most likely happened is he's using it to get back from his injury. Yeah. And it's like he's using one mistake to compound the other, and it's just so clearly a lack of maturity from a guy who's being paid $350 million. It's just – it really sucks for the sport of baseball because this is a guy who can really, really, really grow the game. And it's just – he's a guy who can't stay on the field, like you said, whether it's a health issue <laughs> caused by his own doing or just – I just can't believe he, he he's taking steroids. I, I that's one of the most shocking notifications I've ever gotten yeah. in my, from Jeff Passon. I mean, it's just ridiculous, crazy, total, totally nuts. I mean, 
Tatis's guy. Like, I don't know if you remember when, you know, we've taken various trips over the years and when we were at the Padres game, like he was, I think it was his rookie year. And like, there was all this hype over him. I'm pretty sure he went deep that game too. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. This guy has been, you know, in the headlines for so many years and, and he's a stud. And now it's just like, it, it obviously, you know, you look at some of these guys in the big leagues right now who have been popped, you know, Starling Marte. I, I was, I honestly have totally forgotten. I, I don't even think I, because he was on Pittsburgh and it was just like, yeah, yeah. it's irrelevant. Uh, Frankie Montas. I mean, there, you can recover, but just not. Yeah, you'll never Abra, be Or I guess since Robbie Cano, really. Not a lot, but he was at the end of his career. Someone said like Ryan Braun is a good comparison, I guess, but not even like Tatis is just. Yeah. It's on that A-Rod level of, of steroid where it's just like, holy cow, like one of the best in the game. And now you just kind of don't know what to think of his, obviously he's only been in the league for three, four years, but it's just like, what, what to make of, uh, of all that. I mean, he led the league in homers last year. This guy's a superstar. And I agree with what you said though. I think most likely what happened is he was using it to get back, but regardless, like just a stupid idiotic yeah. decision. Yeah. Totally idiot. Idiotic. Um, but yeah. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, the rest of the MLB is very interesting. Obviously, I mean, we are, uh, I guess, around like six, seven weeks left in the regular season at this point, maybe about two months. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, some of the races, obviously, both centrals, as bad as they are, uh, are uh, they have some tight division races. Obviously, the AL Central, I believe Cleveland's somehow in first right now. Yes, yeah, they are. Crazy. That division is just a night. If the Twins don't win that division after, I mean, they went out and, and got a lot of guys at that deadline. So we'll see. But and then the end of the century of Cardinals, Brewers, and a wild card is pretty interesting. AL wild card, the Baltimore Orioles are uh, are somehow in there with the Mariners. Yeah, I mean, a, who would have thought? But I do want to uh, talk about one of the mainstream teams here, the New York Yankees, who have you know, to my delight, been very bad recently. Obviously, they got off to this historic start, which, I mean, the Los Angeles Dodgers, on another note, they're on a uh, yeah, oh my crazy goodness. pace right now. They are a juggernaut. Yeah, but they could, they could break the win record. Yeah, they're playing insane. But the New York Yankees have severely come down to earth. They've been playing bad baseball. I mean, I, I going into the year, I, I found it very strange how this team was playing so good at the beginning of the year. Going into the year after their moves, you kind of thought that it would just be a similar situation to last year, similar team, similar similar result. So I wasn't expecting too much. Obviously, they go out and have this historic start. They've completely fallen off that. Though. What are your thoughts currently on the Yankees and where they stand at the AL? Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I sort of maintain this last few weeks. I mean, I would be a lot more concerned about the Yankees if the AL was stronger, if the AL East was sort of typically up to form this year, but it's not. Um, and like you said, like, I think this is, I think that the Yankees are probably a little, are, are probably much better than how they're playing right now. And they're worse than how they were starting out. You know, they, they were in play, they were playing like the best team of all time. So I'm not really, you know, that obviously they weren't on that pace, but like you said, I mean, it's just, their bats have really just, and quiet they can't hit the ball anymore except for Aaron Judge I mean obviously he's still hitting the ears he's he's a he's, freak yeah he's a he's, he's sort of you know in a, in a whole separate conversation from the rest of that team but yeah they, they, they've really just not been able to hit the ball at all recently obviously you saw that Mariners series where they couldn't score through 13 innings obviously they beat the Red Sox last night but only on three only on three runs I mean 
Look, look at how many runs they All scored. from IKF as well. Yeah, from IKF, he finally hit a home run. Over the monster, too. I mean, the... <laughs> and then obviously, just they're bad. It's been there. It really, it's just been, they can't hit the ball recently. So it's really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees are a weird team. Um, I, I just don't know. Like, I think that, like I kind of said, enjoying like they just had so many guys playing on these crazy paces and no doubt are they a good team. Like they're, I think the second best team in the AL, I would be shocked if they're not in the ALCS. They're obviously going to win the division. It's just the Houston Astros that stand in their way. And that's the big worry. If they match up with the Astros in the playoffs, I just don't know if they're good enough. Obviously though, with a guy like Aaron judge, if he gets hot, anything can happen. And that's the luxury of having him and, you know, Garrett Cole, he's had his struggles, but he can, you know, show up and throw eight scoreless at any point in in a game. We have to see, obviously, the rest of that rotation, Cortez, Montas, you know, will they be able to hold up in the playoffs? You know, it's yet to be seen. But like you said, that lineup recently just kind of gone quiet. I mean, they've got, obviously, the main guys. They are missing Giancarlo Stan, which I think is is a big – we're seeing the impact that he has, Yeah, you know, while he's yeah. at. I mean, he is – Huge for that Yankees lineup, absolutely huge, and they're missing him. Remember either. Sorry to interrupt you, but uh, he's not even running yet, from what I've seen. Yeah, he's like it's just a classic Stanton injury. I feel where it starts off day to day, and then you you hear the go be back next week, and then you look like two months later, and it's like (laughs) nope, he's not not here yet. Um, I mean, Clay Holmes also has has written really bad recently and that's also not helped he has been you know widely considered at the start of the year as the best closer in baseball that is uh you know ended quickly but he's still a good player I, I I'm not doubting he'll get back to form I think they're just in a funk right now I think that they are like you said Rob better than how they're playing right now but are they going to be that same team they were at the beginning of the season obviously not there that's that was in I don't know how they, they pulled that off, but they were uh, on a different level and obviously they've come back to earth and yeah, we'll see how they do in the playoffs. Obviously it's going to depend on matchups. They need to get that one seed though against Houston, because I do think if they get that, they have a shot because Yankee stadium, as much as I hate Yankee fans, it, it's a different, you know, it's a tough atmosphere to be in as a visiting opponent. And we've seen that in recent years in the playoffs, like the Yankees tend to play very good at Yankee stadium. So if Houston can get four home games in a, a seven-game set against the Yankees, I would be a little worried for the Yankees. But we will see, obviously. You know, it's going to be fun, though, to watch. I think, the you know, it sucks, though, because the AL, you have all these teams, the Mariners, the Orioles, and maybe the, the Mariners are the one team that I – the Orioles, I think, are, a, you know, a fun team. I hope to see them do well. But the Mariners with their pitching, they they – Pitching wins championships, and with that rotation, you could see one of these like weird years. I feel like with obviously they're not on the same level potentially lineup wise as you know the Braves or the Nats from recent World Series years. But in terms of that pitching, like I think their pitching could absolutely compete and and really lead them far in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. Mm. All right, let's pivot to the NL now. We'll we'll go to the NL East. The Mets, Phils have been an interesting. Uh, been in a very good series so far. Obviously, yeah. they play the rubber game today. The Phillies, I mean, they're they're a lot better than they were at the beginning of the year, Rob. I haven't really watched them until this series. They're playing good. The Braves are, you know, beating up on the bad teams as usual. You know, what are your what do I'll ask you this? What are your current thoughts on the Phillies right now? Obviously, it seems like 
They're trending very well for a playoff spot. I would be surprised to see them not miss the playoffs, but obviously you never know. But what are your thoughts on the Phillies right now and kind of your your expectations and even goals for the rest of the year? I mean, I, I'm obviously very happy. They, they very happy with the Phillies. They've been playing, you know, at a, at a 20 game above 500 pace since Rob Thompson was appointed manager. A lot of it's been without Bryce Harper. A lot of it's been without Gene Segura. And obviously the most disappointing thing is that Nick Castellanos has never really, you know, rounded into form. And if, if he did, we'd be having, ugh, it's just really frustrating. But uh, I, I'm very happy with the Phillies. I mean, obviously it would have been nice to have Kyle Schwarber against DeGrom and Scherzer, but that, that that's not the case. I, I just think, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, man, you know, managerial influence is, is overrated in, in, in major league baseball. And look, I, I, I can understand where that comes from, but I just really don't agree with that take. I mean, Joe, you, all you have to do is look at the defense. Obviously the, the Phillies defense is still horrid, but it's just like we were dead last by a mile. And now, you know, we're, we're, we're bottom mid twenties with, with Rob Thompson. It's just like it, even the bullpen, the bullpen since Rob Thompson has become managers, but it has just been so different. It's just like, Joe, we just had this dinosaur managing us for, you know, the first 50 games of the season. And it really set us back because we've been playing baseball at an unbelievable rate. And, like, I understand that they've been beating a lot of bad teams and they've been beating the Washington Nationals. But I texted Griffin this the other day. The only NL team currently in a playoff spot that they have a losing record against is the Mets. They're 4-8 and eight against the Mets. And then they're 500 against the Braves and they have a winning record against everybody else. And that includes the Dodgers, who I think they've played either seven or eight times. So look, I, I, I'm, I, I'm just very happy with how things are trending. The defense has gotten so much better. I think that can be, you know, looked at by Alec Bohm individually who couldn't throw the ball to first base in the beginning of the year. And he's made a couple of nice plays in this Mets series, but uh, you know, look, goals for the rest of the year, they have to make the playoffs this year. And I think they're more than capable of beating whoever the second NL central team is and I think they're even capable of beating the Padres to that second wild card spot um look they they have the Reds six games against the Reds a ton of games against you know obviously the, the, those bottom tier NLEs teams and they, they do get to play the Reds the Cubs and the Pirates a, a few more times so so it's pretty nice um and obviously we have these six games against the Mets but we don't see you again until September after this I believe so um, I don't even think we play after this. I think we, we play we this weekend, next weekend. I think that's it. Really? I think that, yeah. that's that's quite nice. That's quite nice. But uh, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure because the Mets schedule in September is look. I think this is Ranger Suarez over the last three months has he's been good. He's been, he's good. been unbelievable. This is a team that is a very very good starting rotation. Um, obviously Syndergaard at five is a little questionable, but the first four guys, I think, um, are, are I need the Mets to face Syndergaard, man. I need it. <laughs> and look, Aaron Nola this year is just at a total redemption year. And I, he was amazing last night. It's a shame. This guy never gets run support. It's been the theme of his career. I, I get he was facing Jacob deGrom, but it's just, of course, an Aaron Nola start would fall against a Jacob deGrom start. It's just like that. That's how it is for Aaron Nola. He never gets run support, but look. This Phillies team has to finish in the playoffs in a playoff spot this year. And, you know, if they if if it ends up being Atlanta in that one-two matchup, I, I would love nothing more than to beat Atlanta. I think it would be one of the best sporting moments uh, as a as a Philly fan uh, I've seen in a, in a very long time. But it's just, you know, I, 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 it's good to see a, a good competitive baseball team. And it's good to see that the NL East, you know, is that it's one of the strongest divisions in baseball, if not the strongest. So 
it, it, we're a long way from the NL East days. Yeah, I mean, the, the NL East has been great. Obviously, you know, the Nats have been terrible. The Marlins have been really bad. But the Marlins have, you know, a pretty solid rotation. So they can always, you know, give teams trouble. But, yeah, I mean, the Phillies are a lot better than they've been in recent years. Like you said, Castellanos has been a huge disappointment. You got to, you know, next year will be the, the big thing. You know, obviously, last year with Lindor, we kind of saw the potentially a similar thing where he's getting used to uh, – a big city, a new city. Obviously, New York's a little different than Philadelphia. I think we'd both agree on that. But sure. at the same time, you're you're moving into a big city. And Castellanos was in Cincinnati beforehand, so obviously, it's a a big change, especially to uh, you know moving from the fans of Cincinnati who really don't care to the fans of Philadelphia who, if you strike out in your first at bat with the team, you are going to hear some profanity. Um, uh, you know, I think you'd agree with that. But at the end of the day, I think. Next year will be the, uh, the you know, we'll see next year if Castellanos, is, if this is just who he is at this point or if last year was just, or if this year currently was just getting used to the city. But the Phillies have been great. I think what's even crazier is how well they've played without Harper. Harper has been out for, what, 40, 50 games now or less than that, around that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they've been way over 500, obviously. Yeah, since June, uh, June 26th, I believe, or June 27th. Yeah, so they've played a lot of the, a lot of games without Bryce, and they've done amazing. Like you said, that rotation is coming to form. The bullpen's been a lot better. This team, it, they're a very good team, and they can definitely make some noise in the playoffs with some of their explosive bats. Obviously, if Harper's back, you would have Harper, Schwarber. Ramuto's been good. Alec Bohm. Yeah, you know, that, and that, that, that's really one of the biggest things is thank you for reminding me. Is that JT Ramuto went from an awful hitter, and then over like the last two months, He's been slashing literally like 320 with like an eight with like an yeah. like an 850 OPS. He's had a complete revolution in the middle of the year. And obviously then he brings an untold amount of value to the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he's one, I think he's far and away for me, the best defensive catcher in baseball. Um, but I, I, I just think I, I think he absolutely is. I think if you look at I the, think he's up there. I mean, I, I don't know who exactly I mean, there's some good defensive catchers that like can't hit. I think all around JJ Romita is the best catcher in baseball. Um defensively, I, I don't know who exactly I would say. Fair I'm not like disputing it. I don't have a name in mind. I'm just no, saying. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I just kind of, <laughs> I'm, I, I just, it's, yeah, I give JT a lot of credit. This is a guy who was getting a lot of crap from Phillies fans. He was getting a lot of crap from the media and he really just turned it around, which is kind of what I was hoping what was going to happen with Nick Castellanos and it just hasn't, hasn't. Cause man, it, it really does suck. The, 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 the big issue with Nick Castellanos in my opinion is that, this is a guy who's being forced to play in the field every day. And this is not, this is not a right. Like he's not an MLB level right fielder. He's not as a Phillies fan. He is, he cannot be playing the field every day. And, and, and it really sucks because even when Bryce comes back, Bryce is eventually going to need Tommy John. Um, Cause he has two separate injuries right now. It's his thumb. That's keeping him out, but his long-term injury is his, um, his elbow. And he's, he's just going to need, he's going to need Tommy John at, at some point, probably after the year's over. And he's, he's really, he's not able to play the field. Do so you think he's uh, gonna, or do you think it'll be like Shohei, where he's just gonna have to be DHing for you know, from this like a few well, that, months? That, or that's something. what he was doing. That's what he was doing in the beginning of the year. He was playing. Well, the, no, I know. Yeah. No, yeah. That that's that's what it'll be when he comes back to, even with the Tommy John, or even yeah, I, mean, I believe that's how it'll be. I mean, obviously, I mean that's the part of the risk the Phillies took this offseason getting Schwarber and Castellanos is they knew that the defense would take a hit, but. 
you're getting the bats. And obviously, if Castellanos is not hitting, he's just a total negative out there. And that's what we've seen this year. That's why, you know, he's one of the, you know, for war, for yeah, war perspective, absolutely. been one of the, the worst players in baseball mm-hmm. is because this guy can't field to save his life if he's not hitting, which is why the Phillies gave him, what, $100 million? Which yes. is, if he can't get the bat around, that's going to be well, a uh, I'm not going to call it a contract bust after one year, but if next no, year. No, I'm not, I'm not saying. I mean, I'm not saying that either. I, you know, I just said before, obviously that, you know, he just moved to a new city, got, got the big money next year will obviously be the big year where if he still is a disaster, I think we could probably say like, yeah, this is, it might not be working out, but um, yeah, this year he's just been a total negative, but I, I mean, the Phillies, I think are, I would even say they're scarier than the Braves a little bit. Like I, I, I don't know the Braves, man. Like, I don't know if it's a world series hangover or whatever. They just don't like, I'm just, I think part of it is also Acuna just is not himself at all. Like he has not been himself and sure he's been good, but it's just not the same player at the moment. And, and that's been huge. Like Austin Riley is obviously like one of the best players out there. Matt Olson's amazing, but you know, it's just not, if Ronald Acuna was Ronald Acuna, I think it'd be a little, different a little more scary but that Braves team I mean the rotation's solid but I don't know I'm just not after I mean obviously it's bias and I we just took four or five from them but I don't know they're I I just wasn't impressed too much by the Atlanta Braves last series and I think the Phillies have put up a much stronger fight already in the, the two games we've seen yeah, I mean, uh, last night's loss was tough, but Jacob Degrom and Ed, that Edwin Edwin Diaz obviously not his best, but that Jacob Jacob Degrom was just he was he's not a he's not hittable man. He's really not. It's, before he came back, I was like in the thought space that you know with him opting out this offseason, I was like you know it's going to be a lot of money. I'm okay if I, I think I'll be okay if he leaves, so we can resign some other guys. I've seen this guy make three starts you forget how elite this dude is. And like, yeah, like you just have to sign him. Like, I don't care what it costs. Like, it's just like, this guy is just, he's unhittable. Like it's yeah, insane I mean, what he's doing. And I, he's not, sure. He started off against the Nats, but the last few games he's faced the Braves and the Phillies who are both two like <laughs> playoff teams as of now, the defending champs and then the Phillies who have an elite lineup. Obviously they're missing some guys, but still, uh, still a very strong lineup. No, I, 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 I really hope the Mets don't don't win the World Series. That's all I have to say. I mean, I think our my only hope is the Dodgers. Realistically, and, and I, I mean, I can talk about the Dodgers for a second here because what they're doing is like you keep, you know. Obviously, I'm not sitting there watching every second of a Dodgers game. You check your phone and you're like, are these guys ever going to lose a baseball game? It's ridiculous. They're 78 and 33. They've won 13 or 12 in a row at this point. It, it, it's a joke. I mean, this is a team that I. It's going to be national news when they do lose a baseball game. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are ridiculous. The one thing I'll say about them is uh, the rotation right now, they're just having some health issues. They're 79 and 33. Jesus, 79 wow. and 33. Sorry, I'm undershooting them. Yeah, by a lot. Um, they've won 12 in a row. Good God. But um, yeah. they have won five in a row. What a joke. Um, yeah, I mean – they are unreal. The one concern I have right now is just yes. the health of that starting rotation because mm-hmm. Andrew Heaney last night got hurt again. They're just they they've not had a healthy rotation. Walker Bueller's been out. Obviously, they expect 
expectation that he'll be back. Kershaw on the IL. If they have a healthy rotation and go into the playoffs with Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, Tony Gonsolin, like, yeah, I, I think it's uh, – I would say the Mets have a chance because DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett – I mean, that's as, as good, if not better, I would say. Probably better, I guess. The Grom, Scherzer, Bassett, I, I think would probably be better. But, I mean, it's right on that level. Like, it, it, it's another level. If they're not healthy, I think the Mets have a better shot. But that Dodgers lineup is also something else, obviously. Obviously, some guys have struggled. But Cody Bellinger, Jody, Joey Gallo, Max Muncy, like, these guys are still dangerous at any point in time. And, I mean, the Dodgers have literally yeah. not lost since they traded for Joey Gal. It's pretty funny. And the Yankees are what, like two and eight or something like that. Yeah, it's, pretty... I mean, it's clear. Joey, it's clear. Joey Gal is the reason that these teams are winning and losing. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's pretty funny, but we will see. Obviously, we'll be uh, we'll be talking more as we approach the playoffs. At this point, though, it's kind of a weird space because you can talk, you know, each week about it, but. You know, until you get to the last three or so weeks when playoffs are really in in line, it's hard to say too much exactly about things. But, I mean, that will do for for the MLB portion. I mean, obviously this week in the NFL world, we saw preseason. Most teams at this point have played a game. Zach Wilson obviously had a torn ACL scare. Yeah. Um, it seems like he's going to be out for two to four weeks. I mean – Oh, I, I'm not sure how I feel about starting quarterbacks playing in the uh, the preseason. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts, like, I'm sure you saw Jalen Hurts. That was a terrible hit. I mean, yeah. Oh, my God. That was terrible. I Robert's uh, – I mean, yeah, no one was happy with that hit. No, I mean, no, it's no, just like, what are you doing? Like, what yeah, are you doing, buddy? I mean, like, I'm glad Zach Wilson isn't seriously hurt, obviously, because I want to see what he has. But that, that first throw – <laughs> What the, that first throw to Kaiser White on the interception didn't look too great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. But on the Jets front, you just really got to feel for Mekhi Becton because this is a guy oh, yeah. who just can't stay healthy. He just can't stay healthy. I mean, he's just such a massive human being. And I wonder, you know, obviously, that hopefully this doesn't play after this one, after this year, he can get back to being right because he's a special, special tackle when he's healthy. It's just he, he's a guy who, who might be so big that he can't, oh. he can't stay healthy. Imagine if they took Tristan Morris instead. Like, yeah. just imagine. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, don't, obviously. Don't Griff, it's the Jets. The same thing would be happening with Tristan Morris. Okay? Yeah, say, Tristan Morris sort of, like, gained 300 pounds more. I mean, yeah, obviously, unfortunately, the Brown center, Nick Harris, who was really promising, to, you know, another season-ending injury there, which is just so unfortunate. you got to – Gotta imagine the Browns are calling up JC Treader and being like, "Hey, we're sorry we uh, we released you. We have a uh, you know an open spot, eight million dollars for you to come play center and come and <laughs> come and join us." But yeah, obviously the Becton injury sucks. The Jets. I mean, I, I'm I'm actually for once with the Jets. Like, I am actually very excited to watch some of these guys play. Like, they have electric. The players they drafted, like Sauce Gardner, I'm so excited to watch Sauce Gardner in the NFL. Garrett Wilson, super exciting. Brees Hall. Like, these are guys that, if the Jets are bad this year, which I expect, I think they might win, like, five, six games or, or so. That would be my prediction with the healthy Zach Wilson. I'm just excited to see, like, some of this explosiveness, some of this new talent. And I think it's just good for them. I think, I think their draft, obviously, we don't know how guys are going to pan out, but just the hype some of these guys have, I mean, 
Sauce Gardner could be a, a superstar just off of his his name and the way he plays. And I mean, they, they've got some real young talent now, and I'm excited to watch the Jets this season. I think it's going to be fun. Zach Wilson, though, got to see some some development, some improvement because if not, and if this team's in position to pick at the top of this quarterback class, <laughs> you, you got to move on. As crazy as it sounds, if Zach Wilson really shows nothing nothing special this year and nothing more, I wouldn't hesitate to move on if I were the Jets, if I could land Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or, or another top one of these quarterbacks in the upcoming class, which is going to be how a lot of teams, I think, operate this year with how deep the quarterback class is, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think this the Eagles are even in a similar spot, depending on how Jalen Hurts performs. Because uh, yeah. they, they obviously have two first-round picks for the next year. I mean, I think the Eagles are obviously one of the more intriguing teams in football just because of how Jalen Hurts will play. Because if Jalen Hurts plays well, man, that roster really can't compete with a, a lot of a lot of big dogs in the NFC, I think. Because that's – look at that offense. That uh, they, I think – in my opinion, I think the Eagles have the best offensive line in football right now. I, I think Lane Johnson – I'm not going to list, go, go ahead and list, but I just think that's my personal opinion. I think they're at least a top. It's three. up there with like a few other teams for sure. Like, I mean, who else would really like, I guess the Colts are really good. The Browns, they did yeah. just lose their center, but the Browns are, are very good O-line. So they're yeah. up there with probably the, the Browns O-line when healthy is just, it's ridiculous, man. Like you look at, I mean, they've got like three all pros in there. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, but uh, I, you know, obviously. I just think, like you said, I, I it's going to be so many, so many quarterbacks are, so many young quarterbacks are at the risk of just fading into the next Josh Rosen. I think after this year is is how I, as I will describe it. I mean, people people want to get their hands on C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. I, I mean, I think that's the that's the simplest way to put it because they they believe that those are guys that, and even a Will Levis from Kentucky who has the raw physical tools, who they can they believe that they can compete with the. You know, we've talked about it a ton on this podcast. Who they can believe can be with the Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes of the world. I mean, that's simple, simple as. And look, I, I can can guys like I, I think obviously the jury is very much still out on guys like Zach Wilson and Jalen Hurts. But I, I, you know, if I had to guess for either of those guys, I'm not sure I would. I I, I I see in their future. And look, I'm a big Zach Wilson guy. He clearly has those raw physical tools, but I I'm, I I just think you know it, it it'll be it it may be. It, it may be tough to to prove what he wants to prove with the Jets this year. Yeah, I mean, he's got to show something, absolutely. like that. And I think the Jets are also, after Sam Darnold, where he was there for a few years and just it was just amounted to nothing. Like, they've got a lot of – as much young talent as they've had in, in recent years. Like, this this roster, Joe Douglas, uh, you know, got all these draft picks. He's, he's invested all this capital. I mean, they picked, what, two times the year before in the first round, three times this year with, the, you know, Brees Hall yeah. in the second. Like, They've got all these young guys. They got to start, and and they're not going to wait around and waste these these young guys prime for you know just to test out another quarterback and then reset. They're going to move quickly. And I think a lot of teams like Davis Mills is another guy who you know he was really good last year, but he's on the hot seat. Daniel Jones, obviously, I think everyone kind of already knows that you know he'll be gone regardless. I think after this year. The Lions will need a quarterback. Like, there's a lot of teams who are going to be Carson Wentz. I think is is up there, but I guess they have Sam Powell, the Falcons. Like, there's all these teams that are just the quarterback drives the NFL. This year's draft obviously was not good with the quarterback position, but next year's is very good. And 
we saw that in uh what do you call it the the year before draft where a team like the Niners with Jimmy G they went up and, and got their guy because they said you know we're not gonna miss out on him and I think we'll see a, a few other teams do that obviously we've kind of gone totally off topic here but um, no I mean look I, I mean I think it's a great conversation because look I mean I think a team I'm really interested to see this year if you want to talk about young QBs I mean it's the Jacksonville Jaguars and who I mean this is a total make it or break it year for Trevor Lawrence I think I mean uh, I think they'll give him well, he's going to be given a tight he'll be their quarterback next year for sure but I think Trevor Lawrence has to show some things year because nobody placed any expectations on Trevor Lawrence last year for good reason because Urban Meyer was out there it's just a, dis- a disgrace but Look, Doug Peterson, offensive-minded head coach, has won a Super Bowl. He's a good play caller. Like, you know, he, he's in a better situation. He has Travis Etienne healthy. He's I'm really better. excited to watch Etienne. I'm As am I. He's got, he's got some. He's got his a, a much better receiving core. You know, people joke about the Christian Kirk overpay, but look, he's gonna help. He's gonna help Trevor Lawrence out a lot for sure. Maybe for seven or eight million less dollars, but regardless. Yeah. I, and and look, I mean, I'm just. I, I'm a huge, you know, I'm a much bigger Trevor Lawrence guy than you are. I mean, uh, I, I think that this is a guy who can still be an elite, elite NFL quarterback. And I, I'm really interested to see Lawrence and Doug work, work work together this year. I mean, you have any thoughts on that, Griff? Yeah, I'm very curious to see how he does. Obviously, last year, you know, people didn't expect much, and he didn't give much. Like, he was bad last year. No, no yeah. one would say otherwise. He had his moments. I mean, that Colts game at the end of the year, he was really good. Um, what a shit show that organization was, man. I mean, Jesus, though. The Colts or the Jags? The Jags, the Jags. Yeah, uh, the Jags are – I mean, still, you just kind of feel for Trevor Lawrence. Like, this team just – the Christian Kirk – like, the signings they made this offseason, like, yeah, they went out and they improved their roster and they made good moves. It's just these guys are not the guys that are going to help you win. And, yeah, they're – if, if you put their roles down by like a third, like Christian Kirk becomes a, a wide receiver two or wide receiver three. And like some of these other guys move down the, the depth chart. Yeah. That, that's a good team. But when these guys are thrust into the, the leading roles at their position, it, it's just, this team is just not going to be good. I, I, I don't think for two, three years, at least, I just think their roster is just terribly built. I just don't think they did a good job. They went out and look, credit to them. They spent money. They're trying to improve. Yeah. It's just, I think they went out and, and spent the money a little too early. I get, though, you have Trevor Lawrence. I'm not mad about Christian Kirk. I just think, in terms of the rest of the team, like I'd rather see them kind of recoup a little bit of a young talent before just paying all these random players and sure, just for sure. kind of maybe entering. Because that's the one thing I think about NFL teams. Like, look at the Giants, for example. And I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones are the same because I think Trevor Lawrence. We'll have a much better career than Daniel Jones, but the Giants went out. They paid all these, they gave all these big contracts, and they just are so mediocre because they have a terrible quarterback and their their young talent is just not that good. So you have all these mediocre players, basically. They said, I mean, they had some above average guys, but like Kenny Galladay has been terrible. They paid, you know, all these players, Leonard Williams, for example, they gave God knows how much money, a ton of money. And now they have no they have no salary, they have no, they have no cap space. Yeah, I mean, they've got a terrible team. They've got very little young talent that basically all comes from their most recent draft. And we have no idea how those guys are going to do. Yeah. And and all the other teams, the Eagles of, you know, they were bad, but they've already essentially rebuilt. The Cowboys are always pretty competitive. Washington has a lot of young talent and the Giants are just stuck in mediocrity. 
the three, four years, this is year four with Daniel Jones, right? For this will be his fourth year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So four years essentially just down the drain at this point. That's just what my fear is with the Jaguars is that they're kind of trending to a similar direction, even if Trevor Lawrence is a little better because Trevor Lawrence, like as good as people think he is, he's just not on that level of of some of these other guys yet. Maybe he will become and can lead a a bad team, but I don't know. I think I think that you're gonna see a lot out of Trevor Lawrence this year. That's my that's my prediction. I think I, I think it'll be better. I mean, he's compare, not better this year. He's did, no, yeah, I think disrespect comparing any young quarterback to Daniel Jones is quite disrespectful. <laughs> no, I'm not comparing. No, no, no. I understand. No, no, no. I'm understanding I'm no, the no. situation. I, I'm making a joke. I'm making a joke. I understood. I understood what you're exactly what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm I, I understand the fear about the Jags, but I, I I think hiring. I understand I'm biased because obviously Doug, Doug brought the only Super Bowl, the, the best night of my life to Philadelphia, but it's just like. Like having Doug Peterson there for a whole training camp, a whole season, I think is really just going to be so helpful for this guy. I really do. I think it's just going to be so like at an NFL level, Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, it's just a ridiculous step up. And I, I'm very interested to just see how these two guys work together. And I think Travis Etienne, I, I understand obviously people were conning that pick, you know, because they already had James Robinson and, uh, you know, they, they drafted running back at 25 and all this, but it's just, I, I think he's going to be such a big, a big useful outlet for, for Travis in that passing game and Trevor, sorry, in that passing game. And what, what I think, I think a make it or there's a, there will be a make it or break it year for somebody on that Jaguars offense. And I think that's going to be, um, sorry, let me even make sure he's still with them before I say something stupid, but yeah. Okay, good, good. I just want to make sure they didn't try to release it. It's LaVisca who I think could have obviously a second round pick. A lot of people thought he was going to do big things and sort of just hasn't, done anything in the NFL so far. I think Lewis can I think this he is what he is. I think that's I, I think that's what he is. I just think having Urban Meyer in there, like I don't think you can overstate the cancerous effect. And I get it. He led Ohio State to greatness. I'm not denying his no his, it's a very different situation though. His, no his college no. co- coaching pedigree pedigree you know Florida and Ohio State. But I, I, I kind of just think that this is a guy who was the bottom of the bottom in the NFL. And I think really when you look back at it, this is a guy who could have been the worst coach in the history of the league. I mean, I think it's just, it's just, I, I think you're going to see a huge step up for, from Trevor Lawrence and the Jags this year. Yeah. I mean, I think that obviously the coaching situation is a lot better. I expect Trevor Lawrence to be better. I'm just a little worried that the team around him is not good enough and it's not going to be good enough to the point where he's going to be stuck at a, a six, seven win team at best for the next foreseeable future where we just Trevor Lawrence, just uh, those years are wasted and maybe he's just not playing as good as he is. And I don't know. I'm just worried about that roster because I think we would both agree that roster is nowhere near complete, nowhere near good enough. And, you know, that's the problem too. I think with the Jags, they haven't really, they obviously kind of sold all their, I mean, they've had first round picks, but like, a few years ago, they they picked what C.J. Henderson, I think it was, and he's like gone already. They kind of missed on some of these picks, which it just sucks because now they're behind in their rebuild, and they really like they obviously have Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. We're going to see Trayvon Walker was their recent pick. Outside of that, though, like I might be missing some people, but like who really are their young studs on this team? Well, let me pull up a list in front of me. I'm not sure <laughs> if I could do it right off the top of my head. Like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I don't think they really have any. They got (laughs) Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. (laughs) Like, uh... no, but uh, Marvin Jones isn't a bad 
veteran receiver for him to just yeah, but young to. talent. I'm saying no, 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 young talent. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just spitballing to myself here. I'm just let's. His receiving core is fine. It's just nothing special. No, yeah, for sure. I just think, yeah, with Quandre, well, they, yeah, they don't really have a lot of young talent on that on that team. It's just, it's gonna be. They're just kind of stuck, is my worry. That's what happened with the Giants. I feel like, and yeah. yeah. Obviously, I think Trevor Lawrence and will be I good. Think, I think the worry is obviously that Trent Balky is still running that team, which is really not great. And obviously, I don't know if anybody can be as bad as Dave Gettleman, but if anybody can reach Dave Gettleman levels, it's Trent Balky. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see for sure. Yeah, it's just – I mean, I guess they have uh, they have Josh Allen, Ben Pensadon, I guess, who's pretty good, but – even he has been in the league for a little bit now. It's just I, I just don't see the young talent that I think this team – that I think a, a rebuilding team needs to have to really reach a playoff status. So we will see, obviously. I mean, is there anything else, any other storylines you kind of want to touch on before we wrap up? Um, this time, I mean, we can talk about Tom Brady's absence for a, a second. I mean, I think it's – think it's a little uh, we don't there's not much to talk about i just think you know it's it's very (laughs) it's just like this guy's gonna be a part-time he's not gonna he's definitely not gonna be participating uh like in a lot in a lot of like practices this year and whatnot yeah i mean i don't know what exactly the situation is obviously it does kind of seem like there might be some like it could be some sad issue or like some a death or a a issue a a sickness so i don't want to speculate too much sure for sure you know you know, hopefully everything is well with Tom, but yeah, I mean, I think he's at the point in his career in life where sure. he can kind of do whatever he wants. And he's earned the I don't think they're too, doubt. they're not worried about him. Like Tom Brady's going to show up and in that offense, Tom Brady is going to dominate as he has the past few years. And the bucks are going to be good. Obviously that old line though, has taken some hits and really cannot afford to take any more. I mean, it's getting weaker and weaker by each practice, it seems. Uh, so Something to look, something to watch, I guess, in the NFL would be that. But he'll be fine. The Bucks will be fine. Hopefully all is well with Tom. And I'm sure, you know, he's just a, a different breed, that man. I mean, what is he, 45 now? It's just pure insanity. <laughs> Freak. Pure insanity. Well, we're going to obviously the NFL. I mean, we're getting less than, I guess, less than a month yeah, now till, yep. uh till football starts. So, Every step of the way, we'll be covering it. We'll uh, we'll start doing maybe some more predictions, going into award predictions, maybe standings predictions. We'll talk a little more fantasy. So stay tuned for all that. We'll cover baseball, any NBA stories. I mean, NBA probably will be slow until uh, unless Kevin Durant gets moved. So, yeah. Uh, But with that being said, thank you guys for watching this episode of Outside the Arena. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Outside the Arena there. Check out our Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast as well. We appreciate all the support. We'll talk to you guys. We'll talk to you guys. We'll see you guys on next week's episode of Outside the Arena.